welcome back to Sex and Violence, your weekly punk rock movie podcast, where we talk about all the fun movies that we like that have tits, testicles, decapitations, brains getting blown out, sex and violence. Sex, all all, all things sexy for. and violent. And we're here to bring you those things. I am your host, Ryan Snyder. I'm here Hi, with my Ryan. co-host. I'm Gabriel Mara. Hello, listeners. I feel like we're... We're kind of mellowly like low energy today. Yeah, it's weird. We're having a, we're having a very NPR day. Yeah, it's very low. Listen to my voice. Very Here comes another jazz track from Winston Marsalis. I added an S there. His name's not Winston. Hmm. Ryan, tell me more about your upcoming novel, the story of your beleaguered youth in high school as a young punk. <sighs> What's the symbolism this. regarding the unicorn equivalent oh, to your don't, youth? Don't don't don't. Don't do the Blade Runner thing to me, man. Oh. We, we don't want to go down that track. So all these tinfoil <laughs> unicorns. Tinfoil unicorns. That would be a great name for a Blade Runner podcast. Yeah. Tinfoil unicorns. Yeah, we can do that like your your YouTube thing mm-hmm. that you like. Which thing? The YouTube podcast. That you oh, like. are you talking YouTube to me? Yeah. There's only so much you can do. I know. Like one thing. We just talk about Blade Runner over and over again. Yeah, it'd be great. Yeah, we'll just weekly rewatch it and just talk about Blade Runner. I'm so excited. You excited for 2049? I'm so excited for 2049. Oh, I can't wait to get to the second part of the show about other movies we were excited mm-hmm. for. And then... Oh, yeah. Ooh, hey, ooh, d- d- ooh. My, my expectations for Denis are always, he's going to pull it off. He's he's not my Jesus. And I, I feel a little bit like my Jesus sold out a little bit. Oh, oh Spoiler for my thoughts. Spoiler for your thoughts. Well, this week we continue the Blacklist. The Shane Blacklist. Uh, we're back again with another Shane Black movie. Uh, the Bane Shacklist. Written, not directed. Does get a producer credit on this He one. does. So, very good. Uh, 1996 is The Long Kiss Goodnight. Mm-hmm. And we watched it today on VHS. On VHS. Which was fun. We couldn't find it actually like streaming anywhere and like no, no DVD copies. No at, on the like, library. I'm yeah. sure it's, I don't think it's on Blu-ray yet, is it? I haven't looked at that. I'm sure it has a DVD Searching. somewhere. It was actually funny when the VHS started, there's a commercial for DVDs. Like, these new discs that you can just put in, and they've got all sorts of features. Want to see a director's cut? It's on there. <laughs> it's, like, really, like, hyper, like, late 90s, early Absolutely. 2000s, like, sales pitch. Like, yeah, extreme! It, it did remind me, though, that some things we take for granted now, like like having different language tracks and having a... Uh, like automatic subtitles. Yeah. Where it's like, you can listen to it in any language, French or English. That's your options. Yeah. I'm like, okay. That's fine. Why don't my Spanish? First movie we watched without subtitles. Yeah, well, there wasn't really much of a choice. I mean, yeah. would closed captioning have worked? Uh, probably not. Probably not, right? No. Oh, well. Well, like, yeah, listeners, we like to watch movies with subtitles on, so that way we can talk and hear and still see what's going on. Yeah. That... Not kind of a spoiler for how I felt about this, that a lot was happening, and I felt we talked over a lot of it, and also, uh, we didn't miss that much. No, it, it kind of moves at a strange pace. Yeah, it does its own thing. It's, it's really weird, but yeah, you want to give us a breakdown? Sure. All right, so we watched The Long Kiss Goodnight, starring Gina Davis and Samuel L. Jackson. It's a pretty convoluted plot. It yeah. starts born style, where it turns out that Gina Davis is an amnesiac. She's become a housewife, or she's also a school teacher and a mom and a husband in suburbia. And she has a lovely little idea, like cozy ideal life. It's Christmas time, as Shane Black's want us to do. And uh, after she's in a car accident, she starts having flashbacks to a strange, violent past. And as she goes into discovering about her past, she enlists the help of Sam Jackson, a private detective, to learn more about her past. And we get embroiled deeper and deeper into a ridiculous, deeply convoluted story about the CIA and 
hired killers and assassins. False flag operations. Yeah. Um, it's uh, craziness. Yeah. It's far more convoluted of a chain black plot than any other film. Yeah, than normal. Yeah, it's a little um, over the top. There were points where I was like, wait, is this guy dead, really? Yeah. Like, I was like, I don't know if I missed something. We talked over it or I was texting. It turned out it was a little bit of all of it. Yeah. I mean, not to say, like, the movie wasn't interesting. It was no. It was fun. It was um, a lot it of just, fun. Like, there were points where you didn't really have to pay attention, yeah, I guess. Yeah, it was. A, it felt like a lot of, like, like gums flapping about, yeah. like, something. Whenever it wasn't a great one-liner, it was kind of a weird amount of somewhat bland exposition about something yeah. that didn't really matter. I don't know how I would place this on my Shane Blacklist. Yeah, this is a this is a lumpy movie. Yeah, it's it's good. I mean the one thing I wanted to say about it is he writes a female lead protagonist and he does a really good job Very writing good job for of this it. Uh, woman and I think it's a good like it's like the nineties version of what I think Atomic Blonde is going to be. I think I said that a couple times during the, the mm-hmm. movie where it's like, oh cool, we got this chick and she's like kick ass and like the the script treats her with respect. She's a smart character. Yeah. But we don't see her boobs. Yeah. We see her butt. No, you see, it's like side shot. Hmm. Side boob. Yeah. Gina Davis has the uh, the audacity uh-huh. not to show us anything. Yeah. Ryan, let's play a little game. All right. Where is Gina Davis now, and how do you feel about it? Uh, I not on my radar, and <laughs> I don't like it. Yeah, she. I think like this movie benefits from being twenty years old and the fact yeah. that we're removed from it and we remember exactly how great was she. She was great. She's mm-hmm. so good in this movie. She's yeah. funny. She's fast. The action's good. She plays two different characters rolled into one of all the comp- like the complex nature of it. It's very complicated. She's a really good actress. She's so funny. Like I, I, I can't believe that this is the first Shane Black female protagonist. I hope not the last, because she's so funny. He writes well for her. The yeah. one-liners are excellent. And she plays both sides of this character really well. But it's, uh, Listeners, in case you haven't seen it, and I have my doubts if you have. This movie's not that popular anymore. It's no. 21 years old. And basically, it turns out that the character Sam Kane is an amnesiac because she used to be a assassin for the CIA named Char- um, Charlie Elizabeth Kane. Charlene. Charlene. Yeah. So she was, No, Charlie Baltimore. Yes. Kane. Um, halfway through the movie, she becomes this assassin character again. But then there's still Sam Kane inside of her. Yeah. Because she has a baby. The two sides struggling against one another. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the film, they make peace with one another. Yeah. She's, she, now she's both. Yeah. Does he address her by her name at the end? The husband? No. I think, We're spoiling this, I think by it, the way. I think it's, it's just like them eating chicken on a bench. And, and she throws like, a knife. Ah, I could live here forever. And then I'm just going to throw the knife that I was eating my food with. Disrespect the cutlery. Yeah. Ryan's a chef, everyone. <laughs> Please, no. He was he was a cook. Yeah, I was a cook. I would never accept a distinction. I would, I would only never, a cook makes. I would never accept the title of chef. Of chief. Are you kidding me? Yeah, it's kind of funny. Like earlier in the film, she's like just starts chopping vegetables, and she's like, "Oh my god, look at this! I have knife skills. I was a chef in my previous life." Ryan snorts. And she, yeah, and I was like, "Look at this! Curl your goddamn fingers! And you're gonna cut them <laughs> off." You were a line cook at best, woman. Yeah, exactly. Not because bullshit. you're a woman, because of your word, your wordage. But it was kind of funny when like she threw she throws this apple up in the air and then the knife at it and it all catches like onto the side of mm-hmm. uh, like her cabinet. She's like, chefs do that. Ryan, can you do that? Yeah, oh totally. I'll can do you do it, it right now? Uh, not right now. I'm tired. Oh, okay, that's fine. Yeah, but, I would have just added sound effects in yeah. post. Bounce. Fuck. Right there in the wall. Ryan, that was amazing. Thank you. Knife throwing skills. You're like Rachel McAdams in True Detective season two. I didn't see season two. I heard too many bad reviews. It's not bad. Really? It's just not season one. Yeah. 
It's like uh, is it? It's like Baby Driver. Okay. That's it's not bad. Wait, wait for it. Wait for it. <laughs> Still got a few things to talk about. It's been here. weighing very heavily on me, Ryan. I know. Very, very I know. heavily. You, you've been wanting I've to been get depressed it out. for like the last week, and I think it's because of that. We didn't even go too far into the discussions. Like between us, no, I, I think, think we've been saving are... our vitriol. Yeah, I, I, it's, I'm not vitriolic. I'm just, I'm just disappointed. All right, we'll, 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 we'll get plug, to it. We'll, we'll get so, to it. Ryan, how did you feel about the long kiss good night? Where, where is it on your on your blacklist? Uh, lower. Mm. Just it's, uh, it, it looks like a very dated movie. It, it just yeah. it plays a lot like a standard by the numbers 90s action movie just with Shane Black dialogue. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. No, I, I can dig it. Like, like Shane Black's always been like leaning towards the meta and this one it's it's getting it gets close to being parody, but it's not. It's still a straightforward 90s yeah. action film, but you you can see like the fatigue of the genre on it. Yeah, it's like the heyday for action movies being like the 80s, that's where you get all your great stuff. And then you go yeah. into the 90s and you get movies that just aren't really entertaining it's like a set piece for explosions mm-hmm. the and rise it, of the michael bays of this world yeah exactly that guy changed everything yeah do you read the av club um panel column called the history of violence no um it's a wonderful column that one of the writers for av club does every two weeks i think a new piece comes out but he reviews the central action film of every year since the inception of like action films mm-hmm. and he does a really really great job of like picking each one and how they change things Okay. And he recently wrote a really great piece on how the Bourne supremacy ruined action films, but like not, but like in a historical way that it was so good at what it did, it kind of, everyone had to copy it. Similarly okay. with the Matrix, you know, it was a trendsetter, and when people aren't as good as the people who did it originally, it makes it ugly and everyone just yeah, copy it. And then everyone has to wear black leather for the next five years. Exactly. And like action sequences. Yeah, there's like the fake bullet time. Yeah. Uh, how yeah. depressing. It was cool when I first saw it, but then you yeah. know, the rest of the decade was kind of lame mm. every time you'd see a fucking parody movie they had to do that shit like, yeah oh, great that's uh-huh. original but like this one uh long kiss good night is I, th- I think it's it's still very enjoyable yeah I, I wouldn't call it a bad movie i mean it, it certainly has a place on like your shelf if you're a, a shane black purist who's, uh, whose fault do you think that is do you think it's rennie harlan being a not great director or yeah. do you think it's the time i think it's a combination of both i mean i i think you could do this movie again today yeah. I think you could do it. Yeah. I feel like Tony Scott would have done a better job of this. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, like like Last like last Boy Scout. I always confuse these titles. Last Boy Scout, Long Kiss Goodnight. It's the last something. It's the something or other. And I feel that um, Last Boy Scout looks and feels like a 90s film, but still feels ahead of its time. Yeah, This feels absolutely... It feels a little bit backwards in time. Like, this could have been done in 89. It would have been a little better uh-huh. or a little schlockier. Yeah. But, you know, like, like the, the really kind of tacky feel of a 90s film mm-hmm. that 80s feel kind of like like schlocky and comforting yeah. the 90s action films feel a little bit tacky uh, industrial almost yeah it's, it's a little bit like oh you're you're kind of it, it, even if you're not phoning it in it feels like you're phoning it in just a little bit yeah it's just it's all propped up with producers it's mm-hmm. just that smarmy look everything's yeah. in an office building it just looks it just looks a little old a little yeah. bit, little bit waxy like it's like a rerun of a xena warrior princess episode yeah i don't know why like the 80s aesthetic is so pleasing and like the 90s is kind of like lame um roger ebert has a theory on that it's kind of like the difference between black and white and color mm-hmm. is that something can feel so when something looks classic you can't age it whereas something trying to be modern and cool immediately dates it yeah okay i could see that mm-hmm. like 
I don't know. This this could have been made today. It would have been very interesting. Uh, it would, oh, yeah. have been, it would have been a breath of fresh air. Yeah. But back then, I guess maybe it just got, kind of got lost in the shuffle. I don't think it was, I, resp- it was received well. Like I said, I just keep seeing it as, like, this is what Atomic Blonde is going to be. Mm. Like, it, it, I made that comment numerous times, and it was just, it, just from seeing the trailers for that movie, which I'm very excited for, it looks like that. Like, she's blonde hair, drinking vodka, being a badass, beating the shit out of dudes. Used to be an agent. I, I kind of like Sam over over Charlie though to be honest. Like you'd be watching Gina Davis be a kind of like smart ass uh, school teacher. Yeah. And then she starts like she goes in a husky voice, like action yeah. hero voice, with the slick back blonde hair. What are you gonna do about it? What are you gonna do about it? You let your hand on me, you're gonna die screaming. Yeah, good line. Yeah, sure. No, a lot of great li- what was your favorite line in this one? Uh, I, I don't know if I have one, honestly. Mm. Like there there's a couple really fun ones, but uh, maybe Sam's at the end. You can't kill me, motherfucker. Oh, yeah, Sam Jackson. I was talking Sam Kane. No, 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 Sam Jackson. Yeah, uh, that's right, motherfuckers, you can't kill me. Yeah, it's pretty funny, because you think he goes down. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of, like, really, like, Shane Black-isms in this. Like I yeah. mentioned, like, why does the hero always have to win from, like, a, a large uh, place high up in the air? Yeah, hanging like from Man something. 3. Kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Yeah. It's interesting. It's, a, it's another trope I never really noticed until this movie. I was like, oh, okay. There's something, yeah. I remember I was, uh, I was, what was I reading? I think I was reading, like I was listening to Film Spotting's talk on Nice Guys. Mm -hmm. And it brings up a thing that I find really kind of charming about Shane Black's films. People don't get, because imitators don't get. There's always an inherent decency to his movies. Mm -hmm. There's always, there's like, there's kids in his movies often for a reason. And it's the kids provide a perspective of innocence, something to protect. Mm -hmm. Like they talk about the opening of Nice Guys where it's about a kid looking at a skin mag and that's inherently like silly and kind of like grody, but he's drinking milk in his cute pajamas. And when the sexy woman from the centerfold dies and crashes in front of him, he covers her. Which is like, like, there is, there is an old school film noir private detective decency to all of his movies that while his characters are all self de- like self-deprecating cynical badasses they're also good people at the end of the day every yeah. time I didn't get as much self-hatred from these characters as no I think there's like I mean um, Sam Jackson's character for sure he's yeah, never done one thing right his whole life yeah but it, I don't see like the level of like loathing that there is in other films yeah. like there was no character who was like a Harry Lockhart mm-hmm. or anything like that I think that's a fault of the plotting this is like this his highest concept movie probably yeah. uh, like out of his classic Shane Black written films that the rest of them it's like oh I'm a, I'm a scummy detective I have to go stop a conspiracy for money blah 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 yeah. this one it's a CIA assassin was like got amnesia it's it's very very born yeah, and I, I I I dug it. Yeah, it's it's all right. I I felt the fatigue really set in right around the time that she becomes Charlie, and I, yeah. I don't want to blame the performance because it's a good performance, but it just keeps on. I, I I said to you when they're having the ridiculous explosion gunfight like on the bridge, I'm like this escalated very quickly into yeah. something very different that I would have I would have I would have expected it to be kind of like a gross. Have you seen Gross Point Blank? No. That's a good movie. Okay. It's not a great movie, but it's all about how John Cusack, he bailed on his town like as a young man. He becomes like a CAA hitman or something Is like this, that. He goes back to his high school reunion or something. Yeah, right? yeah. I've seen this. I haven't seen it, but like I've seen like bits online. and pieces. Yeah. yeah, and it's that's a movie that brings like the war back home kind of thing. Okay. That's the interest of it. The, the intrigue is all based on the humanity of the character, mm-hmm. whereas this is just kind of like a lot of shits happening. Yeah, I'm not quite following it, but I like these characters, I guess. Yeah, even like like what's the, even the main reason to start going after like she knows things. Oh, after after like, Charlie. She, 
Yeah. Like but the whole point was that like, she, like they thought she was dead. Yeah, and then she's it. alive, and then it's like, well, we gotta kill her because she might know things essentially, and yeah. other guy's mad because he got his eye stabbed when he was being a creep. I think because yeah, she was trying. They they thought as long as she was dead slash amnesiac, there was no talking. And when she goes after David Morse playing another sneaky guy, yeah, that's where it ends up being that oh maybe she does know things. We gotta kill her. She's a loose end. Yeah. If it com- it's it's a little complicated. It's just yeah, it's yeah, it's not exactly that's the easy problem to movie, follow. I think that yeah. it's just it's too convoluted that you don't like repeatedly by the climax. I'm like, wait, what's happening? Why are they doing this? Yeah, it doesn't. Have, it doesn't have to be simple, but you know, it doesn't have to be too complex either. Yeah. Like I constantly bring it up for like. What's the what's the whole plot of Mad Max? We're gonna go this way, then turn around and come back. Mm-hmm. You can essentially say that's what the movie is. And you get some really beautiful moments out of it. Yeah. Even if even though I don't really like that movie that much. Really? Yeah, I'm not I'm not a big fan of uh, of Fury Road. Whoa. I think it's a very good movie, but I wasn't in love. That's one of my top twenties. Ever? Yeah. I think Road Warrior is a much better movie. Did we talk about doing a Road Warrior? I think we're uh, gonna Road do back to back. Marathon. Yeah, dude. I I can, watch I, all of them and see how crazy we get by the end of it. Yeah. That might be a fun thing to do, but I, I feel like Road Warrior is a much is a far superior movie. Hmm. Like not not quite visually because that's just time and technology and budget. Yeah. But I think that it's it's like my Terminator talk. Yeah. That I feel that Road Warrior is a perfect movie, especially because he gets left behind at the end. Mm-hmm. That that's the cruelty of the wasteland. That like he was more or less tricked into the whole sand and a tank thing. He didn't know it was sand, so they. For the good of everyone, like, they abandon him. He gets fucking abandoned. And as a hero, he has to just be like, so it goes. Yeah. And, like, the the kid, the one he saved everyone, but he gets none of the glory. And it's just virtually the same thing that happens in Fury, in Fury Road. Except, I always maintain, it should have ended with him, with Nux, who's dead. Just him. He gets left behind again. And so, like, I guess they don't want to do it over again. Just, like, force him to leave because he knows he's going to be left. Yeah. Is that how you read that uh, ending? I guess so. If not, I, I don't My like job that. here is done. I'm going back into the wasteland. Yeah, I've learned nothing I, I, about I the power like, of family. Yeah, the fact that he he comes with her to the end. <laughs> it's such a it's such a small change, but I would have liked that Furiosa returns alone having succeeded and Max is left in the dust again. Hmm. I don't know. I, I don't like that that like you and me, buddy. I have recognition. See you next time. I think that it's I I prefer it's not that much. charming. Just like mission's done. I have no place here. I'm my place is out there in the wasteland, being like just a crazy bastard. It still works. And that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna leave because sooner or later you're gonna leave me. I'm just gonna cut to the chase yeah. right now and get it out of here. Does it not work? I just I just love my favorite part of Blow of Road One Road Warrior Blood Runner. Road Warrior mm. it was Blade Runner on the mind still. That Road Warrior ends with such a dark ending that's still hopeful. It's it's like cold. Sorry, you get left behind. Not swelling music. See you next time, Furiosa. I don't. I don't read it. As see you next time. I like, like, see ya. Yeah, You're see welcome. Ya. I don't know, man. Everything about that movie. When I saw it, I was like, oh, this is this is why I go to the movies. I felt the pacing's off. Really? A little bit. Uh. But the first time I saw it, even I'm like, pacing's kind of off. I was really hoping it's for still like with the. Uh, worse. It's still a great movie, but I'm not like. In love. Yeah, I was hoping for the actual cut he wanted to put out, like black and white, no dialogue, score only. That'd be cool. Yeah, but it's only black and white. The movie would work with no dialogue. Yeah. It'd totally work. For the first, like, 20 minutes, there's almost mm-hmm. no dialogue. Yeah, there's such great moments in that movie, too. It's, like, gr- I, it's a great world. Yeah, I love the whole scene of, like, uh, where Max surrenders the gun to Charlize Theron. Yeah. And, like, she, like, fires over her shoulder. Mm-hmm. Great scene. Yeah, that's cool. Back to Long Kiss Goodnight. Yeah, back to that. 
So well, I, strong female characters. That's that's our yeah, tie. Yeah, strong female characters. It ties in. Atomic Blonde again. Charlize yeah. Theron. Um, what, okay, so let's focus on the positive. What did you really like about this movie? I like seeing uh, Shane Black write for a female protagonist, quite honestly, because mm-hmm. it's always I two dudes. Do it again. Yeah, it's always guys. Always guys, and maybe like a Michelle Monaghan thrown in there, but yeah. Like, she was a good character too. Like we were talking about this, like who's the most well-written character in, I think, Edgar Wright's films we were talking about. Yeah. And I think we can make the same jump over here and see who's the who do you think the most well-written female character is he's done. In Shane Black's films. Yeah. Probably this one. This is absolutely yeah. this one. Maybe the daughter in Long Kiss Good. Sorry, God damn it, the daughter in a uh, Last Boy Scout. Mm-hmm. Uh, love her. The daughter in. Danielle uh, Harris, love her. Oh yeah, Danielle Harris. Ah, oh, such a sweetie. Mm-hmm. Uh, the daughter in Nice Guys. Yeah. Pretty well written. Mm-hmm. Strong. Who but else is there? Michelle Monaghan. Yeah. Uh, Murtaugh's wife. His name we don't remember. Yep. Mrs. Murtaugh. Yep. And then uh, the chick. Well, I guess that's not even his characters anymore. Because mm-hmm. yeah, you can only go Lethal Weapon one and two. Yep. Uh, did he write? He didn't write three. I don't think so. No. I think he just wanted to. Yeah. Who wrote three? That's a good question. Who wrote Renee Russo's character? Because I like her character. Yeah, that's what I was Laura talking Nicole. about. Laura Nicole? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, know, I remember the name enough, so... Yeah, and the only thing we have to go on for, like, anything else for, like, a positive female is someone who's never seen, and that's Riggs' wife, because it's like... Yeah. You probably kept, checked, <laughs> excuse me, kept this guy in check. Mm-hmm. Now he's just, like, chugging beer and, like, putting guns in his mouth. Like, eh, don't do that. That's one of my favorite movies in all of... Like, the favorite scenes in all of movies. Gun in the mouth, the oh, sax yeah. riff. yeah. Like, oh, that's desperation. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. You hate yourself. That's why I like this character. <laughs> what a good dude. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's... Uh, what are positive things for this movie? Uh, I don't know. It's it's good. It's a good 90s movie. It's it's it's, it's a great Shane Black film. Yeah. I think that it's... It, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's a great Shane Black film. I'd say it's a good Shane yeah, Black film. That's a good point. It's 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 a great film with Shane Black, but not one of his best. Yeah. It's If, if anyone else had written it, I'd be like, yeah, that was a good movie. Yeah. Feels like a Shane Black film. He would have done a better job, though. Yeah. But he did do it. So, yeah, praise to having directed Gina Davis and Samuel Jackson. Yeah. Good lines for both of them. Convoluted plot. And, yeah. 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 You? Positives? Yeah, that's about it. Um, yeah. Like, the lines are great. The the back and forth is great. Rennie Harlan is... He's a good enough director. He's a skilled director. That was, we were talking in the first fight scene of one Eye Jack. It's like, oh, this is a well done... There's that, you know, like, every movie does that little thing where the fighter, where, like, bad guy's fighting the good guy and they're scrambling for the gun. But Randy Harlan does a really good job of, he moves the camera during that moment as if, like, we're being pulled away from mm-hmm. the gun. I'm like, that's a cool little visual touch there, Renny. What, what's his biggest claim to fame? Die Hard 2. Yeah. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street 4. Oh. Um, that's Cutthroat a... Island. Cutthroat Star Island. Gina Davis, one of the biggest box office bombs of all time. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Disaster. Maybe that's why we don't see Gina too much anymore. That might be it, honestly, because she was she was a big deal. Yeah. Beetlejuice and League of Their Own. Yeah. Like big fan still. Yeah. Forgot I, how I much I love her. I forgot how great she is watching this movie. Maybe she's she'll so have a good. resurgence. I mean, I'm like. She's like sixty-two. Well, yeah, this would tie in that she's apparently the star, one of the stars of The Exorcist. Yeah. The TV show. Is that show out or is it like still like... Um, I think it's out. I don't know if it's streaming anywhere. Probably streaming like Amazon Prime or some shit. I'm a big Exorcist fan. Yeah, it's one of your I would like movies. to see like what that whole series is all about. Um, People say that it has no right to be that good. And what channel is it on? Um, Fox, I think. Really? I think. And it's performing well on Fox. Yeah. Isn't that wild? 
That's pretty wild. And as people said about the Fargo TV show, it has no right to be this good, and it's mm. amazing. You kids and your Cohen brothers and yep. your Cohen brothers offshoots, I will not understand yep. you. You have to watch Raising Arizona. I think that might be the one. Yeah? I think that might be the one. Okay. It's, uh, I was going to say it's Edgar Wright's, Edgar Wright's favorite movie, but now I'm just like, I'm so lost. I'm so lost. I'm so lost, Ryan. Yeah, I know. Any final thoughts on Longest Good Night? Not really. It's a good one. Um, watching it on VHS was such a fun little throwback. I enjoy my VHS films. Um, I would act. Who would you recommend this to? Um, completists. Completists. Uh, people who like kind of like. Though. Yeah, it's not. It's not bad. It's just. Anyone who said, "Where's Gina Davis been?" Yeah. Um, I could see it being like on like TNT on like three o'clock on a Saturday yeah. in the summer when everyone's outside. Mm-hmm. So well, like if you if you have like your your leg broken and you can't go outside <laughs> and like swim with your friends, and you're just sitting on the couch and this pops on, watch you want to kick ass movies during a woman. watch it. Yeah. If you got nothing else in your watch list whatsoever, watch mm-hmm. it. It's 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 all right. Yeah, I'll give it one thumb up. One thumb up out of two. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably yeah. what I'm about with I'm it too. Positive. I mean, it's it's not great, but it's not you know mm-hmm. horrible by any you know. I feel like it, it could have if if it hadn't come to a preventing a massive nuclear event I would have enjoyed it more I would have liked to be a little smaller but, you know I, I like my I like my my stakes to be small on the worldly scale but high personally mm-hmm. I think we, we already had enough like stakes of the daughter being kidnapped yeah of course that was gonna happen as a Shane Black film but I felt that the whole we gotta race against time and stop the bomb yeah and we're gonna show the bombs time four mm-hmm. different times yeah. we have 13 minutes now I'm like, I, I guess that's just the 90s thing, 90s action. Yeah, it was it's, a must. it's always bombs with timers. Yeah. See, nowadays we're, we're just used to like someone having a detonator. Like, yeah, yeah. I'll do what I want to. Exactly. Click, click. Was that not a thing back then? I guess not. Technology, man. Yeah, I guess so. Terrorists change the world. Mm-hmm. We need more Gina Davises in the world to stop them. We do. Um, yeah, it, if it was like a choice between this and Last Boy Scout, you should 100% Last go Last Boy Scout every Last day Boy of the week. Scout. That's a movie that's, that's so But if you, it was this good. or Monster Squad... This, like, oh, this one, yeah, absolutely. Monster Squad is kind of meh. Yeah, this is like a little bit more. It's still meh, but it's still like yeah, yeah, yeah it it's, 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 it's good. If someone was like, I love Long Kiss Goodnight, I'd be, I'd, I'd want to pick their brain a little bit and be like, really? Or I can imagine it's not like the best one. Or if you're, if you're someone who's gonna go see the movie Atomic Bond, watch this first. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, I mean, like that'd be a good like follow up or precursor. Or I would put it in like a marathon of like strong, badass, kick ass female characters. Yeah, this. Kill Bill. You know what? That's a weird thing to do with like women in like action films. It always has to become like a mothering nesting instinct. It always has to tie, tie back into it. Yeah. And Crack does a great video about how annoying it is that the only way to make women like badass is to give them masculine qualities. Yeah, I, I used to get into a discussion with this feminist that I like came into the hotel I worked at mm-hmm. with all the time. Very friendly arguments, but yeah. she made that point. I was like, yeah, if you want to make a female character seem cool, you give her like masculine qualities. And I was like... That makes a lot of sense. No, yeah. I don't really have an argument. I mean, why, why does killing have to be inherently masculine? I don't know. Cleopatra did it, right? I don't think so. Which, did who's, she? Who was the queen who, like, bathed in blood? Elizabeth Bathory? Huh? Margaret Thatcher? Margaret Thatcher! Bathed in blood. No, it was Elizabeth no. Bathory was the one who, like, bathed in blood all the time. Oh, okay. I thought it was an Egyptian. Or maybe no. I'm thinking about Could her be bath- bathing in milk. Could be milk. That might mm. be Cleopatra. That would just be so smelly. Yeah. You're in the heat. Yeah, it's hot. Why are you bathing in milk? What's oh, that gross. chunk? Like, yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. Ew. 
Your skin doesn't like it looks good, but now sure. you you smell like you're adding cereal to it. Spoiled. Ugh. Just bathe in Lucky Charms. I don't think they have Lucky Charms. You sure? Yeah. Was Back then? Yeah. Cornflakes. Oh, that makes. I'm sorry. Yeah. Fucking That's all they had. stupid. Fucking stupid. Frosted Flakes. This closing time set to Frosted Flakes. No, it's Frosted Flakes. Sounds like closing time. Frosted Flakes. Get your bowl and add your milk. It's Frosted Flakes. Mm, for breakfast that. time. Well, Semisonics got some shit to answer for. Yeah. Stealing the Frosted Flakes theme. Yeah, why would you steal a song for your theme song? Yeah, stupid this motherfuckers. Wait, long kiss goodnight. One thumb up. Yeah, one thumb up. Would recommend, but not actively. Yeah, if, if you like the 90s action Someone's genre. like, I don't see enough action films with women. Like, hey, long kiss goodnight. Check it out. It's a good one. Yeah, it's pretty I'm good. glad we saw it. I'm in no rush to see it again. If I never see it again, that's fine. So it's Wonder Woman to you? Yeah. Yeah. That's alarming to me. What are my female-led films that are like, like Kill Bill? Yeah. But Hollywood, make more movies starring kick-ass women. That's like, I always try to make an awesome like story of a like, female protagonist. What about, um, what is it? Riding in Cars with Boys? Very good. Oh, Drew Barrymore. Yeah. That's a good one. Brittany Murphy. James Woods. Excellent cast. Steve Zahn. Steve Zahn gives an Oscar-worthy performance. Steve Zahn is amazing. He doesn't get enough credit. He's great in, like, Rescue Dawn. Apparently, he's one of the apes in, uh, in War? I think you're right. Yeah, he plays, like, the shell-shocked one. I, I give him more like dramatic roles. He's he could really a very good he actor. Re- give him like a nice meaty role to sink his teeth into. I think he could do like an Oscar worthy performance again. Oh, I bet. Have you seen Have you seen Rescue Dawn? No. That's a good movie. Yeah. It's it's Werner Herzog, so it's it defies all structure. Okay. But it's a cool movie. All right, I'll watch it. You see Christian Bale eat a snake. Hmm. It's pretty awesome. Yummy. Um, but yeah, that's about it for yeah, our. Yeah, that's all. That's what we got on it. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. all right. Yeah. yeah. So another one, another one off the list of our Death List Five. We only got two more. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. We have the Lethal Weapons one and two. Mm-hmm. And what's our last one? That's it. Those two. Oh yeah. It'll we're be. Just doing it'll one be episode a, for that one? Huh? We're just doing one episode for that, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. And then we're done. Yeah. Hmm. Um, if we feel like it, want to watch Edge for one of those episodes? Yeah, we can do that. Let's, let's cram it. Yeah. Let's fill the box. Yeah. We'll watch that. What is it like an hour long? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. So we're gonna go we on don't break. Need, we don't need Iron Man three either, right? No, we decide we're not gonna do that. Yeah, that's not that's not sexy or violent enough. Yeah, it's good kind movie. of like it's a Marvel movie. Yeah. It's good. Maybe we'll bring it up. Save that for the Marvel cast. Yeah, that's fine. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, one more fun final thing. What would you ca- if you like, say you are Kevin Feige? Is that how you pronounce his name? Feige. Feige. I think that's like it. Like the yogurt. Feige. Kevin F. Kevin F. Kevin F. Just like and Dennis you were, V. You were tasked to cast. You were tasked. To cast Gina Davis in a Marvel film, where would you put her? Ooh, ooh, where would I put Gina? Maybe make her old, maybe Janet Van Pitt. Yeah. She'd be great. Yeah. She was Michael Douglas's lover. Yeah, I could do that. I would see that. That'd be great. Bring her back from, you know, the, uh, whatever it is, the microverse. Yeah. The teeny-verse. Yeah, the teeny-tiny-verse. Yeah. You know, I, I'm excited for that one. Yeah. Ant-Man and the Wasp? Mm-hmm. It's going to be cool. We'll get into it next segment. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Stay tuned! Yeah, enjoy this ad. Hey, uh, Daniel, you got something you want to sell? Hey, everybody. My name is Daniel, and I want to tell you about another Top Gallant Radio show. Do you like movies? Good. I like movies, too. But the show isn't about movies. Do you like books? Good. Because in Slow Readers, we discuss books. Gabe, do you like reading? 
hate it. I've always hated it. Every episode covers a different book, such as Animal Farm. Um, I was also making ties with another empire. Uh oh. Um, the Sith. Because yep. Uh, I knew basically, it. Uh, the Emperor Palpatine was Napoleon. <laughs> Blackwater. Oh my God! This this book is so painful. Yeah. I had to put it down repeatedly just to catch my breath. Yeah, yeah, no, I know what, I know what that's like, and surely... Uh, you were in a car that landed in black water? Yeah, I, dude, I, know. I fucking killed a woman. You like fought? This. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, okay, never mind. Um, Wrong side. Do you not like reading books? Well, that's also okay, because you get to hang out with two pretty cool dudes. Join me, your host, Daniel. She's like a pretty intelligent kid, because like her reaction to that is like, you never read The Giver? You work in a bookstore. And and I and I was like really close to just snapping. I was going like, listen, girl, I read a lot of other books, okay? <laughs> and my co-host, Gabriel Mara, who co-hosts Sex and Violence. You love that guy, right? On-air challenge, slow readers exclusive. Slow readers exclusive. Can Gabe fit Gone Girl up his ass? <laughs> then you get hours and hours and hours of access to us rambling about various topics, such as politics. Gabe, what do you think about Donald Trump launching missiles? Let's hear it. No, but our one <laughs> run in with the police. I took a breath to start. I'm like, no. <laughs> no, no, not going nope. that way. We're not a political podcast. Nope. Uh, we're just we're just milk chugging right wingers, though. <laughs> milk chugging. And books. Into the water. Pledged. Barrel to arms. The magicians. Wise book. Ethan from. An object of beauty. So go ahead, continue enjoying sex and violence. The hot ass top gallant radio show about movies and punk rock stuff and then when you're done with that go ahead and button your dress shirt up to the neck to the throat area and then go ahead and give slow readers a spin go search itunes and search up the name slow readers check us out slow readers comes out every monday you can also check us out on twitter at top gallant radio oh i'm bringing us back in yes sounds good Welcome back to Sex and Violence, everyone. I'm still Gabriel Mara, and you're... I'm still Ryan Snyder. Hi, Ryan. Hello. So, well, we just finished talking about The Longest Goodnight, if you came... Oh, thank you for that ad, Danny. That's yeah, thanks, man. I've been playing over and over again. So hopefully soon we'll get some new ads coming. It'll be yeah, fun. Yeah, we can do something fun. It'll be rad. Yeah. So, Ryan. Yes? Question for you. Answer. What have you seen lately? Ooh. Well... Which one, let's, let's which one do you want to start with? Let's bring up the, the one that we're not so happy with. Okay. Well, let's, we, let's bring up the elephant. in the room. I'll, I'll, I'll let you do this because this is what you've been talking about for months. Since the start of this me. podcast. Yeah. I believe you mentioned it in the first episode. We have to. Probably. I mean, inevitably we did. Yeah. Right after that grotesque Anton Yelchin joke I made. Ooh. Yeah. No regrets. Yeah. Well, I, I also made a trying. grotesque one about the, the guy from Predator last week. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was, was a good one. That was pretty bad. We're pretty great. But so, we've been teasing it since day one of the show. Um, we saw Baby Driver. Yep. Currently, oh, oh, what, like, 90 something percent fresh still on Rotten Tomatoes? It was, it was like not even opening night, it was like pre opening night because we went on a Tuesday. Yeah. That was, well, it was a Tuesday, correct? Yeah, it was a Tuesday night, which movies don't really open on Tuesdays. Mm-mm. Like, you get your early premiere like Thursday night, 9 o'clock kind of yeah. shit, but like Tuesday's a little. Yeah, that's when I saw, what's it called? Um, the second movie we're going to be talking about. Oh, you saw it on a Tuesday? So Thursday. Oh, no, yeah, that's right. Yeah. You did, yeah, because I was working. Yeah. And you texted me like a so, bastard. So, um, we saw Baby Driver. Uh, <sighs> I just watched a Red Letter Media review on it, and they have similar thoughts. Really? Yeah. It's, um, I was very underwhelmed. Yeah. And that's putting it... No, you know, that's probably the best way I can put it. Yeah. I'm just very underwhelmed. I'll give you the best way I can put it. It's my least favorite Edgar Wright film. And you know, like again, that, that it's Edgar Wright films, head, shoulders, and waist above most films out there. Yeah. And this one, 
You know... How many times did you see it? Only twice. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I thought you saw it three times. I only saw no, it twice, too. Only twice. Uh, I, I really... That's the only reason... I, the only reason I went back and watched this second time is because I didn't enjoy it that much the first time. Same. I wanted to and see I what like, I missed. I wanted to make sure I yeah. was... Like... Like, did I go into this in a bad mood? And yeah. Then I, yeah. I knew I had a stomach ache. Yeah. Um, no, I am... Um, what were your problems with it? So, my problems with it are... I wouldn't say they're myriad, but there's enough... Um, number one problem for me, and like this, like I, I'm, I am a fan of Jamie Fox overall. Yeah. But anyone who's heard me talk about Django knows I don't think he. I think he's the weakest part of that movie. Uh huh. And we're expected to have him be the biggest part of that movie, and that's a problem for me. My number one problem with this film is that not to bring it into script script structure like I usually uh-huh. do. Baby is an inactive protagonist. And the one pushing all the action is Jamie Foxx, who is extremely one-dimensional. Yeah. I'm crazy. I'm crazy. I'm bats. Get it? Because I'm crazy. It's. I think this is a movie supposed to be about one-dimensional characters, but I, I, I can't be too mad because I know this was in his intention, Yeah. but I don't think that excuses it from being what I feel kind of lackluster in terms of structure. That... Uh, here's how I explained it. It's that if you're going to tell me a crime story, things need to be consistent. There needs to be rules. There needs to be structure. That if I'm supposed to believe that Kevin Spacey is such a perfectionist that he never works the same crew twice, from day one, Jimmy Fox is unreliable. Yeah. He is crazy. You, you don't hire crazy for a job. What happened to Bernthal? Bernthal was solid. He did a great job. Yeah, well, he's dead. He's dead, which yeah. I love. But I really expected him to be a bigger part of it. Yeah, same. But I feel that if you're going to make me believe that, then why would I believe that Jamie Foxx would be part of this crew again? Because everything bad that happens in the rest of the movie is because of Jamie Foxx. Yeah, he's forcing bad things to happen. I, I told you, I was waiting for Jamie Foxx to be a cop. Mm-hmm. Wait for him to be the, uh, the undercover yeah. cop. These movies almost always have a cop to complicate things. Like, he would be the Mr. Orange. That, of course, he can't just be crazy. That's stupid. What a dumb character trait that would be. He's just crazy? That's it? How stupid. Yep. And that's how I was sitting there, arms crossed, being like, this can't be all there is to him. He has to be more interesting than this. You can't just coast by on charisma. You're not Will Smith, buddy. You're great, but you're not. Uh, and mm, so... Nah. Yeah. And so, when we get to the... Oh, I don't want to spoil it. It's just, it's still, it just came out. When it comes to... By the time um, this drops... Yeah. Ah, you you want to... Yeah, spoil it, because we'll talk about it. Look, if you haven't seen Baby Driver and you don't want to hear spoilers, then skip ahead about, I don't know, like eight minutes. Yeah, we'll be over by then. Yeah. Um, Editor Gabriel here. Go to minute 45. Ryan was close. When he just turns out to be crazy and he kills Paul Williams, happy to see him. That that was the moment in the movie where I'm like, oh, I'm out. As soon as I saw Paul Williams, I was like, Paul Williams. Yeah, I I, I didn't recognize him. But it turned out that was it. He's just crazy, and he's just going to make things hard for Baby, who just kind of, like, whines throughout how he doesn't want to be a driver. I think that what this movie needed was it needed Baby to have an active goal besides, I don't want to be here. That's Mm -hmm. not a good motivation for a protagonist. I had this fun, like, like, if you can boil down how to tell, how to write a good story, you start with a protagonist... And you have them say in their head, I'm going to do a thing and you can't stop me. And then you add reasons why they're being stopped. And this baby just kind of wants to like listen to music. Yeah. And he wants to hang off his girlfriend. I'm done driving. I would have liked 
he needed if you're going to be a criminal he needed more drive no pun intended to be like maybe he's super proud of his driving but he's not he just drives or you give him I just felt that every time Jamie Foxx is making him do a thing I'm like I don't care I don't like you Jamie Foxx you're and Baby's kind of a shitty dude that yeah. he is he's a criminal driver that's fine and he doesn't want to do his job well who wants to watch that people want to watch people want to watch movies of people who are good at their job who yeah. want to do their job and do it right even, even if, if they're criminals a, even if it's a criminal people love that shit I wanted my Michael Mann I wanted my guy is so good at his, yeah what's your Scorsese this guy is so good at his job but he has other goals but he takes pride in his job mm-hmm. and clearly maybe he doesn't he just kind of like He's a yeah. good driver. He just wants out. Yeah, I just want to listen to my tunes and Hang out drive my these homicidal girlfriend. people around. But yeah. again, even even and the waitress we, girlfriend character is yeah. extremely underwritten. underwritten. Like yeah. terribly so. And I think Lily James is very charismatic in it. Yeah. But I, I I think that Edgar Wright tried to he put too much on his laurels of I'm gonna have the songs tell the story. It's it wasn't a musical that. Um, they mentioned at Red, at Red Letter Media, they bring up the Queen thing. You, they build up the climax of the Queen thing. And when it happens, you can kind of barely hear it. Yeah. I've never wanted a, a song to be more non-diegetic than in that moment. Like, I was waiting for a Guardians of the Galaxy moment yeah. where the song kicks in and it's perfect. Yeah. And, and it gets it's stuck awesome. in your head. It's stuck in your head. It's righteous and it's amazing. And, and it I, never there were happens. There no songs like that It in never this. happens in the movie. Like, like I, I forget the songs in the film. Yeah, I remember like reading a review that was like, "Oh, it plays like cruising around in a car while your uh, friend with the coolest taste in music blasts all his favorite tunes." I was like, "Oh, that's cool. Get some cool music in here." And then it's just it's it's very like hipster esque. Like, oh, check this out. Like, even from like I found the whole movie silly, mm. and I found it silly from the first scene where he like plays the song, starts lip syncing to it, and like bouncing around and like being a child in the car. And I'm like. Oh, okay, this is going to be my protagonist here, and he's going to be some goofy fucking kid. And he kind of is a goofy kid. Yeah. Not a lot of dialogue. It just, like, yeah, I'm baby. I don't say much. Like, <sighs> It wasn't tight. It, no. Like, Drive is an extremely tight movie for being so loosey-goosey and expressionistic. And, like, all of his other films, like, from Sean to uh, Scott and everything, tight, tight scripts. You can't put a knife in those cracks. In this one, it's it's crack city. It's just holes upon holes upon holes yeah. upon holes. Like when spoiler big one when baby gets darling killed, I'm like, yeah, dude, that sucks. Show some show some remorse. That's yeah. your fault. You didn't do your job, and now you fucked up, yeah. and you're not remorseful. All you had like I, that's why I don't get like that sudden change when he's going to do the robbery. Mm-hmm. Like just drive the car, and get him the fuck out of there, and you're yeah, done. Do your then job, you can stupid. leave. Then you can go then pick up leave. your girlfriend. Then you're done. Bail. Yeah. And I'm like. But you're the idiot who has to like sit there and get a gun pointed at him for not moving. Drive yeah. the fucking car. Yeah, it's it's it, that scene was like that. The, that that's what made it all go downhill to me. Like exactly. I get you're pissed in the moment. From but there, like, I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh come Jesus, on. this is the way we're gonna go with this. I, I would have loved him to do the job. He does the job. It's and it's the best chase in the movie. He should have saved it for that yeah. scene instead of the opening chase, which is unfortunately the best chase in the movie. Yeah. You know, like don't don't that was very top heavy. Don't don't you don't start if you're testing. Yeah. Yeah, you give build us up one to awesome it. thing. Like you build up to the moment, the fucking moment. In Guardians Two, it's the moment where the chain comes back in, the yeah. Fleetwood Mac song, and you, you're, so you, it swells and you feel it, and it's amazing. You're completely in this moment, and it kicks ass, and it never happens in this one. Yeah, I would have loved to see Baby do his fucking job, not get Darling killed, and not kill Jamie Fox. I get the point that. Why wasn't if Jimmy Fox had been a professional and Kevin Spacey had been a professional, which he claims to be and he's yeah. not, 
it just it, it doesn't hold water. Yeah, uh, the even the the quick turn character of Kevin Spacey towards yeah. the end, like, I'm, uh, I'm not helping you out, baby. And then he sees the girl. Ah, I'll shit. help you after all. I was all in right. love. Yeah, I was in love once, and he just lets it hang there, yeah. like. Okay. Yeah, I like, feel like no, no explaining that. I like, would have wanted Kevin Spacey and um, his uh, baby's foster father, the black guy, to be the same character. That would have made much more, so mm-hmm. would have been much tighter. That the reason he stays is also his father figure. Mm-hmm. That and also the guy forcing him to do stuff. Yeah. It just doesn't fucking. It doesn't add up. Yeah. It's not. I, it's still a very good movie. It's, it's a fine it's movie. I, just, I don't think hell. it deserves like a ninety something percent. Like yeah, that's... I'm not seeing the same movie these people are seeing. Yeah. I, and I want to claim it's us because we worship Edgar Wright, but I don't think it's that good. No, like I, I this mentioned, is, this I mentioned the, my top ten. Of the I year. went with my neighbor to see it for the second time, and he was pretty much in our mm-hmm. camp too. Like, yeah, it's all right, but maybe this would be like nine or ten of my year, and that's deeply disappointing to me. I've said you put it in your top ten. Maybe uh, it would be I at can't... ten at best. Yeah, nine at best, and I seen it again don't feel it and I don't think it's because I want to like it so much I, I just wish can't. I loved this I just think it's lacking yeah as opposed to the second movie we're going to talk about Segway which I think is going to be in my top five of the year yeah Spider-Man Homecoming Spider-Man Homecoming and you've officially seen that two times now right Southwest, right Second was when you went with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah we went on Sunday to go see it and for you to see it again and I loved it I loved it yeah, it's pretty this great. This is the best Spider-Man we've seen on screen. The Spider-Man as a character. Yeah. This is the first time, besides Civil War, the first time we I see agree with your Spider-Man as a Spider-Man. Initial statement though that like this is a great Spider-Man movie. Mm-hmm. He's the best version of Spider-Man, but Spider-Man Two is still a better film. Spider-Man Two, I think, is is a is a top top twenty for me. Really? I mean, yeah, Spider-Man Two, I think, is a perfect movie. Yeah, and it's a sequel, which is even more amazing. It's independent of its first film. Mm-hmm. It's much better. It's a, I think, it's a perfectly tight, smart, funny, brutal, well done movie. And I love the moment it of it. Like a week or two ago, and it still holds up. It's and so good. The way Raimi directs action is really fun and interesting mm-hmm. like he always has that like handy cam like kind of like first person thing yeah and you see it in all the evil deads and i love when he does it in this it's like really quick jerky like yeah. stuff it's fun there's an interview he does like the, the dutch tilts yeah in it. like that like the fun. yeah like especially the scene of doc, um, doc ock becoming doc ock mm-hmm. with all the tools and everything yeah fucking great no, Edgar Wright's it's terrifying saying, oh I, I stole all my quick cuts from sam raimi oh really yeah oh that's cool is that that's, that's really awesome like uh Spider-Man 2, I think, is just such a... All the funny moments where he's not Spider-Man are so funny. All the little silly moments. Mm-hmm. Like, and like it's got rent, kind of, rent, please. It's got a heartbreaking like ending. Yeah. Like you get that Spider-Man theme like kind of soaring while mm-hmm. Mary Jane's looking out the window. shitty apartment window in a wedding dress. What a great way to dress. end that fucking movie. Like, it ends oh, on man. her. It's like, oh, what's such a good movie. It's yeah. so tight. That so once again, like I, I'm choosing to love this man who is Spider-Man, yeah. but I'm also I'm choosing to li- like live a life of yeah. loneliness. Exactly, that's such a good fucking ending. Yeah. Oh man. That, that makes you like swell up with uh-huh. tears because you're like, mm, God damn it, <laughs> God damn it. But Spider-Man: Homecoming. Yeah. Is a great Spider-Man movie. I think like I, I made this comment to you. Spider-Man Two could be just be called Bugman versus Octo versus Squidman, yeah. and it would still be a fucking amazing superhero movie. Yeah. But it's not quite Spider-Man. It's not the Spider-Man I've loved, I've mm-hmm. read, and I've worshipped over the years. Spider-Man: Homecoming stars and features the Spider-Man character I've loved since I was a child. This is the the first movie to get him one hundred percent correct. Mm-hmm. Like, 
Spider-Man's life sucks. His life, Peter Parker's life is terrible. Yeah. And he's an underdog, even in the Marvel Universe. That's what I think they couldn't do in in the Raimi films, because they didn't have the rights, obviously. But in this in this world, this greater world, this fully populated Marvel Universe, that's where Spider-Man belongs. He's a ground-level mm-hmm. hero who can play with the big boys. That he's a great hero. He's truly a superhero because of his actions. And mm-hmm. My favorite thing of this movie is that the stakes are relatively low. There's yeah, not, it's not like the world is going to end. Not the city of New York's going to be destroyed. Spider-Man is stopping a, like a robber. Yeah, well, the biggest thing he does is like pull the plane out of the air. Yeah. So like uh, the city wouldn't be destroyed, but like we have all seen, we've all seen what happens when planes hit buildings in New York. Like yep. it's not a good idea. Spider-Man so for him defense. to like kind of land it on like the beach, mm-hmm. like he's like, ah, you know, that's that's a move only like a New York kid would like pull. Yeah. Uh, or um, Sully Sullenberger. Yeah, Sully. Sully. Yeah, good movie. Uh, yeah, that's a great movie. I loved the crap out of that movie. Yeah. I couldn't believe how much I loved it. It was really movie. quick too. Yeah, it was tight. It was fast. Go Clint. Good yeah. job, Clint. Yeah, good movie. I really, really like that one. Yeah. But the Spider-Man. Oh, yeah, Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah, um, charming, funny. I like at the end. Silly. We're, yeah, we're gonna spoil this too. So uh, if yeah, you don't want to hear it, yourselves. then yeah, yeah just uh, skip ahead eight minutes. Nice try, Ryan. More like ten minutes. Fifty-nine, seventeen, everyone. Um. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm gonna keep saying. Eight minutes for some Eight minutes is a good eight number. Eight minutes. That's all you get. Um, the end, where it kind of does a shout out to like the original Civil War comic, mm-hmm. where he's he wants to give him the Iron Spider suit and then yeah. have him go out in front of the reporters. I'm like, oh man, that's a shout out, real comic book moment. And mm-hmm. then he doesn't do it. Yeah. I think good that was really switch. cool. He's like, yeah, you're you're an Avenger. Like your your room's gonna be upstairs, right next to Vision. Like mm-hmm. you're here, dude. So you like you're 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 good. You're officially one of us. And he's like, no, nah, thanks. I think I'm just gonna I'll be ground level. I'm gonna be ground level. Call me if you need me. Mm-hmm. Ah, oh, it's so damn cool. I really did like the the father son kind of stuff between him and Tony Stark. Oh, it was too. great, yeah. Because it wasn't it wasn't stuff. forced. I at think all. Um, that that's definitely. Uh, so this movie has six writers on it. And really? Yeah, it's kind of amazing because like the guys who wrote Vacation, the National Oh, really? One, they wrote the first draft of it, I think, and I think that dude, I'm glad they didn't get sole credit on it. Then another team came in, and then finally the team that wrote Captain America, those movies came okay. in and solidified i think it's their doing that made this a great movie like they wrote like i mean the tony moments come in so so swiftly and smart and charismatic and tight they're tight little things like on the ferry when he gets a phone call from tony yeah like what is what a fucking great little moment yeah it's cool and like again going back to those things like he like even when iron man comes to the ferry afterwards and Peter's yelling at him, if you even cared, you'd be here right now. And he oh, actually steps right out of the yes. suit. Oh. Like, oh, you're not my real dad. <laughs> like, That's, oh, I loved this movie. Yeah, it, it was really great. cool. Uh, it, Peter makes some really great lines. Mm-hmm. It's, It like, does play like a John Hughes movie, though. Yeah. It really does. You feel that influence right away. My favorite little scene in the movie is the one he has of Donald Glover. Where like you see everything great about Spider Man as him yeah. in that little scene, and also reveal that Donald Glover plays Miles Morales's uncle, the, the Prowler. Fucking great. Yeah. But the uh, the interrogation mode. The, I'm not a girl. Yeah. I'm a boy. I'm a man. That's... And when he runs off, like the you're a criminal. You deserve that. You earned it. You see yeah. him, like scamper away. I'm like yeah. perfect, pure, amazing Spider Man. That's Spider Man. Like that I, is him. I think I said to you after the movie, this highlights why I hate Andrew Garfield so much. He, I hated Garfield in that. Yeah. Like I have, I have a couple as friends who Garfield still defend those movies. Amazing. Why? Spider- and, they're terrible. And two. They're that's what I keep terrible. saying. I was like, they're fucking awful. They're what? Bad oh, you wanted to see Gwen Stacy 
see die on screen. Okay, cool. I get it. Yeah. Like that's a seminal it's moment. Fine. But like even at the end of that movie, like ah, a thirty-year-old dude playing a kid in high school. The yeah. fuck out of here. Like in the first, he just like, oh, it's me at graduation. I'm gonna do some skateboarding. It's me, Peter yeah. Parker. He's trying to look like an outcast, but it's like. You're a cool kid trying way too hard to be an outcast. Yeah. As opposed to, like, this Peter Parker. This is what you get when you get, like, an actual, like, 15-year-old kid mm-hmm. to play the role. Well, he Plays was, he was like 20. Like, he's, like, 21. He is? Yeah, he's older. Oh, I thought he was younger. No, he's he's, he's in his 20s. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought he was an actual He's like, just kind of like kid. a young man, but he, he oh. has that... He has the perfect Peter Parker energy. He's... His, he's a, he's kind of a loser. His life kind of sucks. By the way, he's, he's not brilliant. thirty. Is the point? He's I was not thirty. Yeah, exactly. He's he, he's clearly a young man out of his depth, and that's always been the best part of Spider-Man. That what makes him a hero is that he's not super strong. There's no way he could beat the Vulture with his mechanical stuff mm-hmm. in a hand-to-hand combat. Spider-Man doesn't doesn't win in hand-to-hand combat. He's smart. Yeah. That's always been his superpower. Is that Peter Parker is a genius. Yeah. He it, it's he's not like punchy. Yeah. No. He's he's a good fighter, but at the same time. He's and they use it to such great effect in this is that he's an intelligent young man. Yeah, he figures things out using his head. He hacks into like Tony Stark's uh, programs in his suit with his mm-hmm. body. Like he's a smart fifteen-year-old kid. Yeah, and there it really shows. It highlights the in, in, uh, intellectual aspect of the character. There's also so which little exposition. They don't really in this do movie. in the other movies. Oh, for like sure. even in Sam Raimi's, we don't really get on like how smart he is that much. Mm-hmm. It's like the like with Batman. What's the one thing we're missing from Batman? Watching detective actual skills. detective skills. Yeah. yeah. Hey, that's what Matt Reeves is planning on doing. Yeah, give me, like, I remember him saying he wants to do, like, a, a kind of like a noir. I was Hell like, oh yeah. my god. Please, Matt, please, Matt, please. Uh, who would you Save to, my Batman. Who should be the villain in that, then? Um, don't they still want to do Deathstroke? I heard, but, like, what if they did, dude, what if they did Long Halloween? Well, that'd be cool. I think, what if, I think that it would be a good thing for them to do. They bring in Riddler again, and they do, like, mind game shit. Oh, Perfect like detective seven. villain. <sighs> yeah, ooh. Batman by way of seven. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh. Oh, man. What was that, like two, three years away? Yeah, it's going to be quite a while speculating. It's going to be quite a while. Quite a while. I, I, I love the shit out of this. Like, it's Spider-Man. It's actually Spider-Man, Spider-Man yeah. on camera for the first fucking time. And I, 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 I loved it. Yeah. He's a cool character. Excellently played. I didn't really have any... The, my, my one minor quibble was they fuck up the timeline a little bit. Yeah, they kind of muddle it a bit. Yeah, and like I read something online, they're like, yeah, um, Marvel hasn't said anything about that. It's probably someone who just like scribbled eight years later on a title card, and they were like, yeah, whatever, fine, fuck you. But mm-hmm. in the movie, the apparent, there's like dates of 2017 and everything, so yeah, yeah whatever. Yeah, well, that's fine. Minor, minor nerd quibble. Yeah. Oh, and if I can bring in something to like highlight, I don't want to spoil this. This is, this is too big a thing, but just a quick thing back on my Ghost in the Shell kind of talk. Uh, a lot of colorblind casting in this. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I read something online. Oh, I think I know what you don't want to spoil. We'll talk yeah. about it off, off mm-hmm. mic. Yeah. Yeah. But I read but, something on um, that. I'm, I'm glad that for the first time, kind of like, good choice, you guys. Yeah. Tight. Yeah. Oh, um, one, one, like one more thing on the movie. Keaton. Yeah. How'd, I, you, how'd you feel about him? I felt great about I think he's one of the better Marvel villains. I mean, who's, who's better, you think? Loki. Actually, that's a good point. Loki's the best one. And then Keaton's vulture. Yeah, um, like you, I like I could understand completely why he's doing what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Like, and I don't like root against him. Like, yeah. I, you only start rooting against him when like he's like kicking the shit out of Peter Parker. Like, ah, dude, he's, he's like fifteen. He's, 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 like that. What a built up. What a moment they built up for that he doesn't want to hurt him. Yeah, and he's and like for the first time you understand. It's like oh, he doesn't want to kill a kid. Yeah, that you that that it works that. 
he doesn't anytime he's monologuing or whatever he's a smart villain I think mm -hmm. John Watts talked about it in like an interview his insistence that everything has to be grounded and real in its own way mm -hmm. that I've always thought the vulture is a dumb villain but the way they like they design him in this is mm -hmm. fucking great it makes sense the stupid frills is part of a bomber jacket yeah. and he's wearing a helmet because he needs to breathe like he's in a jet because he's flying yeah. the perfect sense that completely adds up yeah I, that, I don't mind them fucking around with that character history at all. Yeah. It's like, oh, he's just a, a construction worker who got fucked over by Tony Stark. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't Perfect. turn it doesn't turn it like it looks like it almost might turn into like an Iron Man two situation with yeah. Whiplash going at him, or the Whiplash slash Crimson Dynamo. Oh yeah. That was uh, Homeboy. Uh, Sam Rockwell. <sighs> no. The Whiplash, oh, yeah, Mickey oh, Rourke. Is he also Crimson Dynamo? Yeah, they, it was like he took they took elements. Oh, from okay, both. yeah, so, I like, yeah. It's just doing a Billy stupid Omega rips. Red. That's one of my favorite uh, fights as actually in that movie. The the, the car chase. Thing? Yeah, that yeah, was I cool think that's scene. Cool. Crazy. That's really awesome. But yeah, it looks it almost looks like it, the villain might go like down that path. Like I'm gonna make this about Tony. He doesn't even go after Tony. He just wants no, to steal his shit. He just wants money. Yeah, it's so real. Like, like, like just he wants to pay for his family to have a comfortable house after he got fucked over yeah. by the government. Spider-Man's like, villains are understandable. They're just criminals. They're not world-ending foes. But yeah. The highest stakes villain he has is Carnage because he's a serial killer. Yeah. And that's that's it. Everyone else is just like. Robin Banks or yeah. stealing from people or want to kill Spider-Man personally because he stopped him before. Yeah. And these are great characters. Yeah. Ah, I'm so human, excited for the next human one. Characters. So excited. Yeah, I, I, I can't wait. I want more Spider-Man. It's... I don't know where I'd put it on the list yet of Phase 3. Yeah, um... It's... I don't know if I like it better or just as much as... Guardians, because I like Guardians quite a bit. Yeah, I'm um, Guardians. This is still one really cool, though. It's probably still my favorite. I don't know. Really, Guardians one still your favorite? Of all the Marvel films, yeah. Of probably. all the Marvel, I think so. Yeah. I'm still oh, going no, Age of Ultron. From uh, I still I I cannot agree. I think Civil War is better than Age of Ultron in every single way. No. Mm. Every single mm. way. I have to disagree. I, I think it's Civil War's fun, but just the thing about Age of Ultron. Is I remember it being described by Joss Whedon as the Empire Strikes mm -hmm. Back of the, of these movies. You can't have an Empire until you have a Jedi. And now that we're getting further along, this is like the more we get into like the MCU, the better I like Age of Ultron, because it's the last time the team was all together fighting a common foe, and it like it looks cool. It's fun. It's I, I, it is it is literally like a like a comic book come to life. I think like you could everything say the in there is like scenes. Same thing like, about it's that, awesome. But with Civil War, does it better? You I think, think the Russo brothers are in are miles better visual directors than Joss Whedon is. Mm. Whedon's, Whedon's fine. Whedon's writing's good. But I feel that... I think like, probably that's what I like better is Whedon's writing than Whedon's directing. That's a fair point. That's I, I can't debate that. I think that that Age of Ultron definitely has Whedon's voice in it. Yeah. And But I think that Civil War is just... It, that gets like Brubaker's voice done really well. Yeah. It, does, it gets Captain right. And See, also, Spider-Man in shows is just amazing. I'd rather just pull the All-Stars. Like, now freaking homeboys over at DC... Like, if you had him writing all, like, the script for the Avengers movies and just give it to the Russos... Did to, you like, see that thing online about people reviewing Whedon's Wonder Woman script? Yeah, I heard it's, like, pretty bad. Yeah, people are, like, had serious problems like, with it. And what I've read of it, I'm like, yeah, that's kind of problematic. Really, Whedon? That's surprising. Yeah, but again, like, why are we digging into the dude's past? Like, yeah, we don't he's, need he's that. done some really great things. Like, it, you're gonna shit on... You're gonna shit on something perfect. that never got even made. Like, yeah. it's something he wrote that never got Let made. Let it yet. die, everyone. Um, but any final thoughts on Spider-Man before we go on to what have you been watching besides 
the um, like, big release things? Like, uh, what's, on your, what's on your nightstand? Yeah, it's, it's awesome. Uh, check it out. Uh, that's about it. It's one of my... It might be my top five of Marvel films. I think it's in my top three. Yeah. Yeah, but okay. then it's I have a personal attachment to Spider Man that I yeah. can like I love him. Yeah. Ooh. So is that your final thought to you? You love Spider Man? I love Spider Man. Love this one. Can't wait for the next one. It exceeded my expectations by a long shot, by a mile. Cool. I was expecting it to be fine. And instead I really, really liked it. It was awesome. Yeah. Loved Big it. Big fan. Alright, what have you been watching? Oh shit. Um That's a good question. I feel like I had it in my pocket, but I forgot it. You go first. Uh, last night I watched. It was the wife's turn to choose a movie, mm-hmm. and we watched Empire Records. Oh right, yeah. You ever see this? Um, no, I never saw it. It's it's a '90s thing. Like, yeah, it, we were just Tyler. talking about with you know, last uh, long last kiss good night, long mm-hmm. kiss good night, whatever. The fuck <laughs> last movie. boy good night. Yeah, last boy good night. Um, it's long kiss. It, it just looks like a '90s movie. Everyone's wearing flannel. Mm-hmm. Everyone's playing like. Their weird indie music, it's it's all right. Yeah. It's it's I don't hate it. She was like, "Why are you so quiet? You hate it, don't you?" I'm like, "No, it's a movie. Like it's fine. Like yeah, I I, people, I don't know people if I'd rec- recommend it to anyone. Like go out and watch Empire Records. Yeah. It's a cult classic. It's no, it's fine. I I always imagine it's like like kind of clerksy, kind of airheads like. Yeah. Like sure, it's fine. I'm sure I'd enjoy it. I don't think I'd run home or write about it. I think. It's another one of the, the things, like, she was telling me, like, oh, I used to watch this in high school all the time. I was like, oh, okay, I get it. It's this is, like, this is your Mallrats. Sure. Like, wow. I watched Mallrats all the time when I was in high school, yeah. and it's, and I got a special place in my heart. And I love Mallrats. But, yeah, it's it, it plays like that. It's a bunch of, you know, 20-somethings running slackers. around. Yeah, slackers. Pop culture. Yeah, pop culture. I can dig it. I'll get around to that one eventually. Gore's in it. Who? Gore. Gore oh, yeah? That's fun. In. Yeah. I like Gore. Uh, there's some really fun people in it, like uh, Liv Tyler. Yeah. Is in it? I'm so that it was, guy. um, what's her face? The guy from Can't Hardly Wait. Can't Hardly Wait, and God damn it, what else? I forget her name. Describe her. Uh, she is in. Wow, my brain does not work today. The pointing thing. Yeah, the, she was in the pointing thing. I knew it. Yeah, I'll get her. I'll get her so name. So Jer- Jerry Maguire. She's oh, Jer- Renee Zellweger? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, work. Earlier, Renee Zellweger, and she's. She's a slut, man. <laughs> she's fucked in the copy machine. Awesome. Just I always wanted to do that. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty crazy. Um, I'll get, I'll get. Oh, that. and Bill Pullman. Oh, I love Bill Pullman. Before he ran for president. The president. Yeah. That speech. I've heard that goddamn speech like twenty times this week. Yeah, thanks him. to the mayor. Thanks to the mayor. Fucking uh, our mayor. How many times did he say it in the funhouse? It was like just four. once. Oh, was no. it? oh, yeah, he did it like, multiple over days. Again. Yeah. Oh boy. I'm gonna stop bringing that movie up in front of him. Mm-hmm. It's getting back onto like Step Brothers quotes or something. Yeah. Something. We can and all enjoy. All enjoy, yeah. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of Independence Day. I haven't seen it in a very long time, <laughs> but you know, I I, I can't imagine again that ni- well. 90s we'll action see. movie. Yeah. It's just a little bit more quotable than some, and it's got Will Smith, so True. it's got the charm factor. Yeah, and Goldblum. Yeah, and Goldblum, who's become like a post that sex star somehow. Yeah, sex symbol. Wow. Yeah, people love sure. that guy. I, like I think that it's guy. I think it's like everyone picking it back up on like, oh guys, remember how great of a movie Jurassic Park is? Mm-hmm. Oh, he's such a I charming don't. character in that. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Um, for me, uh, I saw the Little Hours that was in theaters. That's the mo- that's the one about the nuns based mm-hmm. on the Decameron by Boccaccio. Uh, Aubrey Plaza, James Franco, Alison Brie, no David Franco, not James Franco. Oh. Where um, a bunch of nuns, very very foul mouthed. John C. Riley. It was good. Okay. I laughed a lot, but then again, I love like anachronistic dialogue. Okay. It was fine. That's good. Smart humor. Yeah. 
Also, a lot of like like sleazy stuff. Hmm. But you know, it's based. The, the, for me, the ambition of the thing also is very visually appealing. It's it shot like a like a Bergman film. It's very cool. Okay. Very very enjoyable. Nick Offerman's in it. Hmm. So that gets a one thumb up as well. Okay. I might not ever see it again. But sure, just boobs. I like boobs. Cool. Um, and I saw tour the tour de pharmacy. Have you seen Seven Days in Hell? No. Okay, I'm a I'm a big Andy Samberg fan. I love that guy to death. Um, he did a fake, uh, like thirty for thirty style video on on HBO a couple of years ago. It's also starring Kit Harrington mm-hmm. from uh, Game of Thrones. Yes. Where they play the longest tennis match in history, and it gets ri- it's some of the dumbest, silliest, most foul mouth, ridiculous humor I've ever seen in a movie. Like in a movie, and they're short, like forty minute things too. They're really tight, and it's just just really great. And they did another one all about a famous Tour de France where everyone was on drugs. Um, hmm. Not as good as Seven Days in Hell, but still very, very, very funny. I laughed out loud a whole lot. It was voiced by John Hamm. Now John we Hamm. Know what I mean. Oh, that that John Hamm. That Hammy, our old hamstring. Um, so else? no, that's about it. I've been like playing a lot of video games, like relaxing, doing nothing, staring off into space. Nice. I've been playing the, like a farming simulator. That's oh, a good one. look at you. Stardew Valley. up in the world. Yeah, I know. I feel like I've watched something else recently that I want to talk about. Mm. Oh, I watched the uh, the original uh, It from 1990. Oh, yeah. Because I mentioned this, I don't know if I mentioned it on the last podcast. I don't think I did. But like after going to see a couple movies like and seeing the It trailer on like the big screen, mm-hmm. that might be my most anticipated in the next couple months. Um, it's up there for me. I can't wait for it. I'm excited. I'm excited for War of the Planet of the Apes. I'm yeah. excited for that. Um, what else is coming out this year that I want to see? Blade Runner. Blade Runner. What's Justice the... League for sure. Because you you were you were tied to your seat when that yeah. trailer came no, out. No, I'm gonna be there first weekend. Uh, Probably not opening night, but first else? weekend I'll be there. Oh, Daddy's Home too. That's a yeah. That's a, yeah. I'm seeing the first one. Uh, what's the other one? Uh, Three Guys Run Train on Reese Witherspoon. Whatever that mm-hmm. movie's called. Yeah, something about they use Haim in the trailer. Is there going to be a, an autumn Marvel release? Uh, Thor. Oh, Thor, Ragnarok. Yeah. Looking forward to that. Besides that, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, Atomic Blonde too. Like yeah, that's true. That's at the end of July. Yeah. I think I'm going to go see the um the house tonight. The house. Yep. Reviews have been terrible. Oh, terrible. Have fun. And I love everyone in that movie, which is unfortunate. Oh, Lennon Parham. Nice. I love Lennon Parham. Um, Jason Manzukis. We'll see. Yeah, you got play. something to look forward to. Yeah. I think I want to stop playing my farming simulator so much because it's really, really starting to depress me. Mm-hmm. Because, I, like, I'm Nick Offerman wrote a book, a really good one, about, like, being, like, productive and manly. And he made this comment that's like, why would you play a video game about farming? I'm paraphrasing and applying it to the actual occurrence of my life. Why would I play a video game about farming when I could actually be farming? Hmm. It kind of depresses me. And yeah. I'm like... In this video game, I'm so productive. I have a farm and chickens, and I'm dating a cute redhead. And in my real life, I'm I'm sad and masturbating. I'm sad and masturbating. It's and I've accomplished very little. Several podcasts. Eh, we did. We did yeah. with this. This is. Is this gonna be twenty or is this gonna be twenty-one? I don't know. That's a good point. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, we're we've gone pretty far from our. Oh, this gonna be nineteen. This will be nineteen. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Oh, I guess I miscounted. Um, yeah, for the twentieth, I think we'll be, we'll be doing a nice. We'll be doing Lethal Weapon. Yeah. Let's also do like a nice Shane Black wrap up for that one as well. Okay. That'd be fun. Let's just go more into his personal life and we'll, we'll do our personal blacklists. Okay. Yeah. Give it a. I'll get a Daniel's blacklist you. as well and Neil's black so we can read them on air. Okay. Yeah. That'd be fun. Cool. And, um. That about does it, right? Yeah. And then uh, I guess we'll start the 
Are we going to do the marathon after that, or are we going to do switch over the new format? Um, Let's do one run of the format, and then do the marathon. Okay. Let's do A6, A Violence, and a Punk Rock, and then the, form- then the, the marathon. Okay. So, I don't even know who like the final like pick was before we started Blacklist. That's a good I'll point. have to look back at that, because um, that'll start it off. I just said Battlestar it off. And I'm like, yeah, Battlestar. Yeah, yeah, Battlestar Galactica. Our last pick was Super Mirage Man. Hmm, that was kind of a... What was before that? Um, Old Boy. So okay. it'll be you. That'll be me. Okay, yeah. so I'll pick a, a sex yes. movie. Yes, that'll pick a violence, then you pick a punk rock. Mm-hmm. That'll so, work, and then we'll do the Month of Madness. Yeah, <sighs> Month of Madness. Yeah, that'll be fun. In the Mountains of Madness. Yeah. So, yeah, that's about it. That's for about this it, you guys. Week. Yeah, we'll um, send what you is out the plugging, the Ryan? Plugging? Yeah. Yeah, you can get it uh, at us on Twitter, at SNV Podcast. And, yeah, that's that's how you'll contact me. Sure. Gabriel, how about um, Let's see, I have my hand in many soups as always. Uh, you can find this show on the Instagram at Sex and Violence Pod. You can find me on Twitter at GMARA, number four serious. Uh, you can find me personally on Instagram if you like at TumbleDry5Ys. Uh, you can both those roads take you to my Tumblr, GMARA number four serious, which is recipes, movie reviews, uh, photographs sometimes, short fiction, nonsense. Uh, besides that, listen to Slow Readers, the other Top Gallant Radio production. Also, um, uh, Sex and Violence, um, Top Gallant Radio production. Fuck you, Danny. Uh, Fuck you, Danny. Fuck you, Danny. But uh, listen to Slow Readers, the other show I do with Daniel Reichel. We talk about literature. Ryan's going to be a guest on it soon. Yeah, we should do that after we do the first run-through. First run-through, yeah. crossover. Yes, good call. And then, um, besides that, uh, please subscribe and review both of our shows. If you, review, if you review either of the shows or both of them, um, either Ryan or I or both of us will buy you a drink at the bar we work at, the bookstore Speakeasy, 336 Adams Street in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. 18018. 18018. Oh, wait, is that 18017? I don't live in this town. Mm, I forget. It changes once you go to the bridge. <laughs> I was trying to be smart. I'm like, wait, I think I'm wrong. No. But yeah, do that. Come see us. But yeah. please review our show. Um, we need the reviews more than anything else. Yes. Uh, we need, you know, tell a friend. Yeah, tell a friend. Tell a couple friends. Come on, hang out. Yeah. If you all maybe want to hang out with us, just hit us up. Yeah, Friday, Saturday nights. Come see us. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah, sure. Be cool. We're done? Yeah. All right. Sucked in violence. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.